Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast. I am your host, Nick, accompanied by the lovely, the amazing Jessica. Hey, everyone. Our first special guest. And uh, Josh is here, too. Hey, everybody. I'm here, too. Hey, Jess. Hey, Josh. What's happening? I'm here to talk about X-Men. Okay, cool. That was awkward as fuck. Let's go. Let's go. It's good. It's good. If you guys don't already know, this is the podcast where we talk about the newest line of X-Men comics, the Dawn of X line. But today it's a special episode. It is our first major crossover event called X of Swords. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Swords of X is what I almost typed like seven times over the weekend. It makes more sense. This is an awkward name. Uh, And I guess we now know the X means 10, right? Yes. So yeah. are we supposed to call this 10 of sorts now that we know it's... Well, it's like Power of X. It was really Power of 10 because they kept going 10 years mm-hmm. or by 10. So wait, are we Dawn of 10? <laughs> yeah. The Dawn of 10 podcast? Yeah. Swerve, bitches. So we're dedicating this whole episode to the three prelude issues and the actual main first issue of X of Swords because, guys, there is a lot to get into. Like... I don't know exactly how this is going to go yet. (laughs) I'm really excited that you have no idea what we're going to do on this podcast. Yeah. Our listeners are thrilled too. Yes. So to help us with that, we have my amazing girlfriend, Jessica, with us. Jess, do you want to talk about your experiences with the Dawn of X line right now? Oh, God. I don't even know what to say about it. That's great for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I jumped in in the middle of this what's going on right now but you've been reading x-men the main x-men books yes you just have no memory of any of it there's um krakoa okay and we still don't know why kitty can't go through a gate yeah you didn't she didn't catch up yet on the i'm not caught up so i think you read hellions you read the first issue of hellions i don't think i remember that one. an x-factor Nothing. Great. This is gonna be good. This is gonna be a good episode, guys. It's um, been a long day. This is fine. This is fun. This is absolutely the podcast content I want as a yes. listener, and that I want to participate in as a as a host. So <laughs> I am <always laughs> happy to podcast with Jessica. Oh Frankly, she brings out the best in both of us. I think that's true. I it don't true. believe that's true. <laughs> I do think it is true. No, I'm being honest this time. I do think you bring out the best in both of us. As so podcast. on that note, as men know. As men, no. but as podcasters. But as podcasters, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You bring out the frustration. So um <laughs> we're gonna start off with Josh trying to explain to us what the fuck is happening in Excalibur. As you guys know, I don't read Excalibur, but I did want to catch up or at least start with the prelude. Um, why is there a woman who looks just like Emma Frost, acts like Emma Frost, but is not Emma Frost? I'm so glad you asked that question, my friend. That is Opal Luna Saturnine. Damn, I almost blinked on that. I was going, I was afraid I was going to blink on the Opal part. Um, she is a classic Excalibur villain. Oh, from, she's from the past. She's like not a new character. Nah. Yes. yes. <laughs> What'd you say? She's just laughing about me saying she's from the past. She's from, yes, but she is also from the future. Because she is in charge of other worlds. So she's at like the apex of all realities. So like that's basically like her job. 
is to be in charge of all the realities. That's who Saturnine is. So she's like, what, the guy at Thor who had the sword, he had to make the Bifrost go, you know, what the fuck's his yeah. name? Himdall. Him, yeah, Him, Himdall. Yeah. She's kind of like that, but for like multiple realities. And okay. not just like the planets or where the fuck the Thor people go. Because every time I read her, I read her as Emma Frost. No, no, she's her own person. Yeah. Um, I, I could see why you would think she's not her own person. Not all women are the same. No. Yeah, blonde women who wear white and jewels and act cocky. She yeah. is wearing way too much clothing to be Emma Frost. That should have been your first hand. Honestly. That's true. That's fair. I thought, no, you know what happened when I first opened the page and saw her? I thought this is Emma's clothing when she's in Otherworld. Oh, uh, that makes yeah. sense. I could see why you would think that. Yeah. yeah. There were other people, though, like in the preview pages for this that did think em this was Emma, too. So, I mean, it's it's not like Saturnine is a popular, like, X-Men encounter her all the time. I, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't seen her outside of an Excalibur comic, so I don't fucking know, yeah. what, you know, like if she's even part of anything else, honestly. All right. Fair enough. Well, me and Jess read issue 12, but you read issue 11. We have not covered that in this uh show yet so let's go through th those two issues and then we'll be covering issue 12 of x-men where a lot happens and then uh the actual first issue of x of swords with everything happens everything happens so i guess we're just done after that right anyway um <sighs> as well excalibur 11 picks up after uh shogo that's jubilee's kid's name right yes shit yeah um when he's in otherworld Jess, this is for you. I know Nick understands. Just when Jubilee's child is in the other world, he becomes a dragon, mm -hmm. a beautiful purple dragon. Yep. And when last we met our Excalibur heroes, they were flying to attack Saturnine at the Citadel in Otherworld when they were shot down by some of her, think of them as Amazonian warriors. <laughs> and Shogo got hit with a magical arrow and fell to the ground. Jubilee's flipping out. They were scooped up by a renegade version of the same people protecting the Citadel, but they don't actually work for Saturnine. But Jubilee's not aware of this right now. So she thinks she's being held prisoner. Really, they don't want her to come out because Jubilee makes things blow up out of her hands. <laughs> so, and they live in a forest. So they're trying not to set everything on fire. So um, they keep asking her to calm down and she keeps asking to see her son and she'll calm down. And so they're at like a, you know, like a standoff there. Mm. So finally Excalibur comes thinking they're going to rescue Jubilee. Come to find out, oh, those are friends. So they talk to Jubilee. Jubilee agrees to calm down, come out of her little prison. They come up with a plan to attack the Citadel during the night, Richter is just really having some issues on his own, you know, as, as you've he's seen been having issues <laughs> and other issues. Richter is, is he's going through some stuff. He's, he's discovering himself. And now codependent on Apocalypse? Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about our friend. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, continue. <laughs> but in his in his nightly walk into the woods, he comes across these like elf type creatures, women, very Lord of the Rings feeling. And he basically sees into the future, but we don't see what he sees. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to 
him reaching out to Apocalypse, because of course, who else is he going to talk to? And Apocalypse tells him, I need you to meet me at these gates. I need you to help me fulfill this destiny, which we will later see becomes the eternal gate that they opened up. And some flashbacks of some of the Eternals. The gang, the Excalibur gang. Externals. Externals, sorry. Um, The gang now, the Excalibur gang goes back to fight the Citadel. They're clashing. While they're doing this, Richter is helping one of the Krakoan gates start to grow because they just want to get a gate as close to the Citadel as they can. And they do. He falls through it, which comes back, I think, in episode, in the next issue, right? So he accidentally falls through a gate that's not finished developing yet. Mm-hmm. Gambit and Rogue break into the Citadel, and then Saturnine comes, it ends with Saturnine coming out saying, ceasefire, meeting with Captain Britain, and that's the end. Well, actually, no. Then there's like a secret end where mm-hmm. Gambit and Rogue are wandering on their own and they come across this like big treasure trove of all these little knickknacks. So Rogue, she's like, hey, we got nothing else to do. So she looks out for Gambit and he steals something, which we're about to learn what he steals in the next one. How many exits did you give that issue? Three, because I forgot what happened in 10. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are mm, these yeah. people? So that's less <laughs> on them and more on me. all right so now we're at issue 12 of uh excalibur where me and jess decided to jump in and i was definitely confused i'm like who are all these people like i've been reading comics for a long time i never heard of most of these characters with the externals that i've never heard of externals yes i've never heard of externals and thank you, computer. We agree. And um, also, I did like in this issue, skipping ahead a little bit, I do like that Apocalypse seems to protect the mutant ones. Yes. And I'm like, okay, he's still true to his people. Yes. But we'll get to that a little more later. So you want to start it off? What's going on in this book? Okay, so like you said, we start off with Apocalypse meeting up with the other immortals who we find out are called the externals. I've seen them listed, and I know only a handful of these characters. I know um, I'm going to mispronounce their name because I always do. Canandra. We're going to mispronounce a lot of names today, we, we listeners. Um, it's either Canandra or Canandra. I'm not sure. Canandra, maybe? Is that how? I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not seeing. The blonde lady that hangs out with Gambit. I'm looking for it. Kandra or Kandra. I'm not sure where the emphasis is put. The blonde lady in the red. So she goes way back to um, Gambit, like early days. Like she used to be in charge. You know how Gambit comes from the Thieves Guild? Yeah. She used to run the Assassin's Guild. Okay. And they were always fighting. And she and Gambit had like this weird, because it's Gambit, flirty fighting relationship. Of course. So, um, yeah, Apocalypse is meeting the other externals to basically tell him that he wants to form a gate, that the mutant world is what basically now like the external world. Yeah, I did like the little speech where he's like, what makes us 
powerful and, mm-hmm. and immortals. And then he's like, well, now the whole island of people can do the same exact thing we do. They yeah. can live forever and they can meet each other whenever they want. Like is, we're like almost accepting we're not as special anymore. So it's time for us to help the next generation. Yes. Which we find out means killing most of them. <laughs> so he brought all the high lords there to sacrifice them so that he yeah. could use their energy to open up a super gate, a permanent gate into Krakoa so that they can access other world to then access Acro. Um in doing so, as Richter is falling through aforementioned not finished Krakoan gate, he reaches out psychically to A because that's how fucking close they are now to Apocalypse. Yeah. And in doing so, he's the one, he's, I guess, Apocalypse's ace in the hole there, right? He pops up as everyone's starting to realize they're about to be sacrificed to Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and they're about to fight back for themselves. Richter comes in and helps even the playing field by leveling the playing field. And yeah, Apocalypse, like you said, Apocalypse sides with the mutants. So it seems like he teamed up with the mutants beforehand. Like they knew what he was going to do. Yeah, because I recognize Celine. Yeah, Celine. She's she's in that group of mutants that always goes, I was the first mutant, but no one can actually prove it. Exactly. Like more and more, it seems like Apocalypse was the first one. But who knows? Yeah, but even in this series, they've been kind of like yeah. hesitant to be. He's the the first one of this generation. Yeah, exactly. no you know, like they're like they're really hedging these bets, which I'm or like not. I don't. Yeah, I think that's going to play out somewhere soon. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, there's definitely lines in the next few issues that make me go, "Wait a minute, that's something." That's. <laughs> I see you just giving me fucking dirty looks when I don't. You're trying to say. Anyway. Um, anyway. Tension. So he sacrifices everybody. Half of them, pretty much. He sacrifices the ones he needs. They discover, though, in doing so, that Kandra wasn't actually there, that she bewitched the whole situation. And thus, without her energy, the portal won't open properly. Lo and behold, we cut back to Rogue and Gambit in Otherworld. Gambit has stolen Kandra's gem that she placed her essence into Hmm? nothing no and they're having a a little catch-up in the sexy way that everybody likes to catch up with gambit there was oh there was a scene in here that jess would have appreciated when um rogue told her that told gambit that we can get a cam a webcam for the cats so we can still keep going on our adventures yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so all the while we're as readers, we're not sure where Gambit's going with this. Did he steal this gem? Did he, he knew it was Kandra's, they go way back. Did he take it because he had plans of his own or did he take it because he knew that he was gonna have to turn her in? Like, was he always gonna betray her or was he figuring it out on the way there? I'm not sure. But that sounds more like Gambit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He might not have been sure, honestly, at that point either. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we cut to not Emma Frost, Saturnine and uh, Captain Britain arguing outside of the Red Krakoan Gate, which is the one that Richter fell through. As they're, as they're doing this, Saturnine is telling her, Captain Britain, I don't need you. I have other Captain Britons. We have a <laughs> problem on our hands. And then she shows her the 
all the other reality Captain Britons that were recently created because of her brother, Jamie, who can create and destroy realities at a whim. He created all these other Captain Britons that happen to be the other Excalibur team who are now in stasis here. So I'm sure that's not going to come back up. This is like Chekhov's Excalibur Captain Britain team or something. (laughs) So as they're having this argument, uh, Apocalypse is focusing the totality of all of his mystical powers into whatever his powers are whatever his powers really are no one knows magic um, <laughs> now now it's magic now it's magic it was always magic if you think about it um sure so he's doing his his magic on these crystals that on his in krakoa and as they're doing this a, a portal kind of but like a not a portal like a telepathic link starts happening between apocalypse and his coven as he likes to call them as um rogue and gambit come across saturnine and psylocke having their talk about what saturnine wants from them which is at that gate that's when gambit decides ah this is what i've been saving this this gem for and he hurls kandra back through the gate which brings her directly to apocalypse (laughs) and directly into her already dead body thus giving him the sacrifice and energy he needed to create the external gate, which will then bring us to X of fucking sorts. Yes. So again, keep in mind, I've not read Excalibur in a while. Jesse has never read Excalibur. And we just read this issue. (laughs) God bless you. This was honestly, though, a fucking payoff for some of the story in Excalibur. Like, Oh, for fuck's sake, that is what's been happening? Like, okay. All right. I I understand. The only thing I understand right now is why Apocalypse sent them on a mission to begin Has with. been doing all this stuff since the first I don't understand any of the other reality warping things that have happened. I don't understand what's going on with Saturnine right now. I mean, we'll fi- I mean, we're figuring it out. Kind of, yeah. Books, but like at the conclusion of this book, all I understood was so this is what Apocalypse wanted them to go to other world for. Okay, yeah. that's all I know. Which so does commend the long-term planning this whole whole series had. Without it, which is honestly now that I see where X of Swords is going, like I am so glad that it is Teeny Howard and um, Hickman doing this because they're the ones who have built the longest story arcs in theirs too, like the X-Men story arc and tied in to his giant size runs as well. Like that's been 13, what, 12 issues? This was 12, that's a year. Yeah. A year's worth of like slow burn. And all I know now is, oh, that's why they wanted to build the gate. That's all I know (laughs) in 12 12 months. I'm glad I haven't been reading it. 12 months. And I'm happy for it. 12 months and multiple series, some 12 issues, some a few less, all building up to what we're reading now. So bananas. We have the prelude and then actual X of Swords. All right. So as I mentioned before, I don't know how this is going to work exactly, but we'll do our best. We will mispronounce plenty of weird names. We will misunderstand. They're weird to us. They're weird to us because we've never seen them before. I don't mean any disrespect to these Akriko and first generation mutants maybe no i don't 
I do, I don't want. Have you you've read the series? I don't want this shit on coming to me. <laughs> um, no. Before we get into this, we're just talking about Hickman's long term planning. As someone who read his whole Avengers run, uh, there are things. Whole Avengers run. I'm so special. <laughs> uh, he started out at Marvel. One of his first big runs at Marvel was Fantastic Four. There's stuff from the first issue of his Fantastic Four run that gets paid off in Secret Wars, which was about four years later, five years later. You told me that when Hickman started with the X-Men and you told me that, I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having Claremont back. God damn it. Kind of. And same thing happens with the actual Avengers books. There's so many little things in the actual Avengers books that have a payoff either in the middle or at the very end of everything. And like, like you texted me the other day when you were reading this issue and you said like, that makes sense now. Oh yeah. yeah. This happened. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into it. Last time we were with the summoner, he was playing a game as he calls it with rock slide and they legitimately did not stop their game. Even though all of uh, Krakoa was under attack by aliens, they did not end their game. And in this game, you see them discovering each other's weaknesses, which plays a very important part in the next book. But um, as they're playing this game, Apocalypse comes back, tells him to end the game, and wants to talk to his uh, grandson, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Mm -hmm. So this is, to me, the first uh, clue of weird things. Because Apocalypse wants to talk to Summoner about what happened when Krakoa was split in two. Now... He does not remember how the war ended. And that seems weird for Apocalypse. He won't remember? It's yeah. the war didn't end. Yeah, in some ways. That's what he, he wants to know, like, what happened. Because he made a sacrifice so that they would, his children would keep marching forward and fighting the war. And he would save what, in his mind, he was saving then the rest of but then there's a few lines that are weird because uh summoner says go ahead visiting this things that like make sense now remember the game is never supposed to be stopped right you can never stop until the game is yes but apocalypse is like i'd like to have words with you he's like okay and he just stops the game like that's like i think we saw the ending of the game the next issue exactly so like that was another thing that like as soon as I read it I was like I thought you weren't supposed to stop the game like yeah he was very nonchalant about it yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of weird the game didn't stop yeah never stopped <laughs> um so also there's there's two particular lines I found this opening of the story there's one line about how the summoner says we don't know if you sacrifice yourself to save all of us or if you uh something like doing it yourself like you saved yourself yeah and left exactly. everyone. Mm -hmm. like that wouldn't that, that line wouldn't be in there unless it's something to read into <laughs> yes as soon as i read that line i was like oh, oh which I, I, I have more theories about that later on but yeah. yeah also when we go to the past and this war that's happening we see that apocalypse has like this sword a very cool sword i think they, do they call it not the ebony blade that's a different thing the twilight sword twilight sword yes. it sparkles in the sunlight there you go um jesus so <laughs> this war is happening with these now they're not what who are they fighting is it the same people they're fighting in the other dimension that yes. they're in yeah I think, I think that's what happens like because of a, if i'm not unless my memory's off or i just 
have bad reading comprehension. And both can be true. Both are very possible. Okay. Um, the Venn diagram is basically just those two circles on top of each other. Um, I think what happens was he sacrifices himself so that that army that they're fighting in the other dimension is because of this. Like that other dimension now exists because he he cut it off and sent them there. Like so, what's okay? So they were from they were all from let's say Earth. Yes, I think so. And then when he split everything up, they went to a different dimension. That's what I think happened. Okay, I'm not that was my reading. So there's also a line about apocalypse being the first of the second generation of mutants yes and i was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> second generation exactly so how far back is history going right now because there's also a few times apocalypse says there was only krakoa like or not krakoa but like um okara yeah was the so angia so history-wise, I don't know how far back we're going. That's one thing. Well, I'm not sure this is on Earth. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, so this might actually be the other dimension. And then when they, maybe the maybe it's that Apocalypse's sacrifice is him going to quote-unquote Earth. To, to find Krakoa yeah. and bring an army back. Yes, right? Yes. See, this is listeners. I'm sorry if you're frustrated, but we're just trying to figure out with you. Okay, we're just trying to figure this shit out. It's great. Well, but everybody it's else figured it out, and we're the only ones who got confused. Exactly. There's um a diagram of the worlds. I think it's in the X of Swords book. That's a diagram of, of other world. But yeah. oh, um, Araco and Amenth is in that diagram mm -hmm. yes because they're attacking it right because they're part of offshoots of the other world yeah okay and it All shows right. the um portal that they created to send apocalypse to earth in that diagram okay yeah that this all works out so, okay, sure. so that is what happened yeah because here's that there's that I'm scene assuming right? they're not on earth <laughs> or they're not from earth because if that's a fact, that changes everything about mutants. If you're saying mutants are not from Earth. I know. That's what, like, <laughs> right? Is that, that's what that is, right? They're from another dimension, at least. Yeah. So these are all things. And this is just a prelude. So <laughs> the summoner continues to talk about Apocalypse's wife and the wars they went through and the battles they fought and everything. And a lot is given, a lot of exposition, a lot of history of these battles and what they went through and what Apocalypse's children, his four children, uh, went through during this war and the people they fought. There's a guy who looks a lot like Thanos and Darkseid. Yes. Looks pretty badass. I don't, know, I don't really understand who he is, but he was the leader of this bad guy army for a while, I guess. And um, he seemed to be um like on his own army. But yeah, he was like he was he the one. He was the one they were warring against. Humans, but he didn't care to fight with people. And he also had a big sword. So that's important. Yes. And it's kind of showing the history of Apocalypse's wife, whose name I can't remember right now. Genesis. Is it Genesis? Yeah. 
Makes it's sense, I guess. Of the white sword. Yeah. Yeah, it is white. His armor is silver. But um, we see that eventually Janice is, is she knows she's going to lose, but she's fighting anyway, fighting this war. And eventually she loses. We are told that she loses. Well, I think it's obvious next issue. That I'm just saying it's not shown. We're told that's what happened. The narrator of this story, let's say, is unreliable. Is unreliable. Yes, we can say that. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely say that. I mean, you saw his face on the first page. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust that face. So um, eventually, when we see the history of what happened, all these battles, and how the bad guys, the bad army, were the winners, we know that Summoner is kind of gearing Apocalypse to say, now we have to go back and fight for what's left and save everyone that we can who are our people, who are also mutants, and the other half of Krakoa, mm-hmm. which is very, very important to Krakoa himself. Yes. Now, here's another thing I was confused about. I thought the other half of Krakoa was already back. No. Or was that just a piece That's of it? That's just a piece of it. That's a piece of it. Okay. That's how they discovered that the portal was open, like that they, they could get there. That's when Apocalypse was like, oh. I'm going to go forward and build this external gate to other worlds so I can get yes. the rest of which yeah. And we'll get to this a little more in X of Swords, but it's also so Apocalypse because the mm-hmm. moment he saw his grandson and knew who he was, which was like issue four of X-Men, mm-hmm. he had been laying out the groundwork for all of this for the past year. Instead yeah. of just you know going to the people around him yeah. and going, okay. He just had to manipulate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> to do his bidding. So by the end of this book, Apocalypse is showing Summoner the actual eternal gate and external gate. gate, And he sends a Banshee and someone else with them. Eunice. Eunice. Eunice? I don't know this mutant. Apparently he can't be touched. Yeah. Do you know who this character is? It's been a, no, I didn't do enough background on it. I've seen him pop up before, but I don't really know much about him. No. Unfortunately. I know, so, I know he's like one of those re, like B list or C list characters that a lot of people like, but yeah. I don't know much about. Because so, I know a lot of Twitter people were happy that he was back. And I was like, oh, sorry, I should look him up. Uh, Jess is now pointing at the naked butt of Summoner as he walks into the portal. That's a thing. Oh, I have my own copy. Thank you. <laughs> Jess, I, I'm looking at it here, too. It's good. Look at the way he's, like, got his Sauntering. arms there. Like, he's like, hey, look at my ass. with a purpose. Yeah, he has a purpose. He's... So <laughs> they kind of leave to go do recon. Though, to appreciate yeah. just this panel of Sean Cassidy's face right above the one of, of, the, of the butt. <laughs> Last we saw... Banji, I just want you to remember because it's been so long. Last we saw Banji, he was like a half-dead vampire zombie. When was that? During fucking Rosenberg's run. He was oh yeah, afflicted with the zombie virus thingy, oh, and no. the same yeah. thing that Jubilee had a couple years before or whatever. And well, um, he's not going to do much better next issue. So I know, but that's why I just really want us to take this moment because it's been a minute since anyone's seen this Irish face. So. <laughs> and the book ends with them going on a kind of recon. He's Scottish. Huh? No, he's, he's Irish. Scottish. I think he's Irish. 
Banshee Scottish? Banshee is Irish. I thought yeah. it was. Jess, we'll look it it's up. Somebody like look it up. We can't go forward until we, we can't remember now. Yeah. Listeners are flipping the fuck out. I'm. Make sure you blame Josh for this one. Yeah. Oh, 100%. This is all. So that was the thing. The book ends with them going to the gate and Apocalypse kind of waiting because, like, he's ready. He's like, this is his deepest mission, which we get more into later. But this is like his deepest personal mission to save the other half and, like, kind of completely Banshees. did. Banshees are Irish. Banshees are. <laughs> anyway, as she's looking that up, uh, how many X's did you give this one? Let me see. I gave it, oh man, I gave it five X's. Yeah. I mean, guys, we're not give, doing it justice. The world building that happens in this issue. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's incredible how much stuff he packs into this. Again, in the Avengers run, there was a particular issue where I knew Hickman was a different kind of writer, where the first event just ended of, Infin- of I think it was just called Infinity, not Infinity War. Right? The first one? Yes. Banshee's Irish. Thank you. Because I fuck as as soon as I was like, oh, he is Irish because Moira's Scottish. Yeah. And I, when they were a couple back in, uh, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I didn't understand that Irish people were allowed to date Scottish people. So we're different from Scottish people. No, I understood they were different. I just didn't know they were allowed to bump nasties. What do you know about Irish people? Um, Only the Northern Irish people (laughs) are are not allowed. No. They're, they're by themselves. But Northern Ireland, I would thought, okay. You clearly don't know. Hey, guys, if you have any questions about Ireland for my girlfriend. Email us. Email us. <laughs> at Ireland at donofxuk.co. <laughs> hashtag Ireland, hashtag donofx. Weird hashtag trending. Um, yeah, I gave it five X's just because it, it was just a lot. It was a lot. A lot going on. It's it gonna be a lot more. A lot of X's. It is a lot of X's. It just even the covers weird. But oh yeah, this is what I was saying before. Um, Hickman, when he finished his first event, Infinity, it ended with one of the characters telling the Avengers they haven't done anything. They didn't beat anyone special. The engineers and the builders who were the bad guys of that event were nothing special. You haven't met, and then like three pages of these galactic multiverse gods called the black priests and the black swans and the oblivion machine and then like and he's went into detail about all these (laughs) physically all these pages of like these cosmic beings in detail about what they are and what they can do and how if you even try to think about fighting them you're gonna lose and then there were payoffs to all those characters because then like I want to say maybe two years later, the king of all these characters, the Black Priest, they rip his helmet off finally, and it's Doctor Strange, who is part of the Illuminati, who's been fighting these characters in the first place. And you find out he went back and he went back in time to become the leader of this group in the first place to make the team stronger and all this crazy shit. <laughs> so the cover of this book is actually <laughs> ominous. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, because you find out that the three Put the summoners, mic closer, Jess. Get over here next to me. The mm. third summoner, whatever classification, can actually summon so many demons and so many 
like super powerful monsters. Yeah. Which I'm assuming are these guys crawling all over him. Which weren't in the book, but it's yeah, it's telling. Yeah. Um, I mean, he looks scary because we got dangerous. We got that summoner data page before. <laughs> like if you were walking down the sidewalk, and you saw this guy with two monsters. You don't have to show. You don't have to show him. I'm showing him <laughs> what I'm this. looking at. Nick, and these little like got this. things. Yeah. I would turn around. You would turn around. Yeah. But he's walking that way too. You wouldn't no, cross the street. No, no, no. I would like turn around, go down an alley, go around the block, and then come up behind him and mug him. Up behind him and be like, "What are these monsters?" Excuse <laughs> me, I have a question, sir. These monsters you have, I'd like to. What, well, every time I look at what breed are these monsters? Are, are they? Are they? Are these monsters of your own creation? <laughs> or did you perchance summon them from a place? And, and could you tell me how many more you can summon? What is your max? You have a data page I can look at. <laughs> if you, if you, you, have, you have a handy chart in your wallet. Like those allergy cards? Exactly. <laughs> Do you just have one of those that you can give me? This will so save us so much time, sir. So much time. So when I look at the character, I always think of the bad guy from uh, Hellboy 2, the Golden Army. Mm. He oh, looks yeah. just like him. Yeah. Every time I see him, I famously. Yeah. Hey, it's a good movie. All right. I, I, if you didn't hear that, I started going, it's a great, it's a good movie. Yeah, you stopped yourself. You're like, it's, it's a good movie. Good, good. It's an okay movie. It's good. It all right. It is a movie. All right, guys, here we are. X of Swords. Ooh, ten of Swords. Ten of ten Swords, of X of Swords. swords. First X-Men event of this new line. And it starts off with, uh, I guess I'll say, spoiler, the Four Horsemen, the original Four Horsemen, I guess, from what we know, attacking uh, other worlds. The, the, what do you call it, the cathedral? Yes. Citadel, right? Citadel, Citadel. sorry. Citadel. Um, no, this isn't. This is the last watchtower. Oh, yes, yeah, that was the, not the citadel. You're right, my bad. Yeah, they, that's yeah, later. This is the on book. the outside gates of the citadel. Yes, right. So, when they're attacking this watchtower, a lot of the citizens of the watchtower are trying to say, like, What the hell are we going to do? We're probably going to die. Let's send out someone to send a warning to the rest of the place. Do we know what kind of people these are? I don't know. Are they're they from a Brand new characters. This is in. Remember how I said, "Oh, great, we have Claremont back." Here's another way in which we have Claremont back. This entire race of people was just created in these couple pages. Are there whole bodies made of those tentacles, or is that just like a collar? We don't know. We've never. We don't know. Is that really a hand that he's holding the sword with? As I as I'm as I'm explaining to you at this moment, (laughs) this is literally the first time we've ever encountered these beings, Um, and they are created now solely to be extinguished. Yeah, Yeah, basically writing pterodactyls, which Which is pretty pretty cool. cool. That's pretty cool. Pretty pretty savage land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they send someone to warn um, Saturnine what's going on. So the four horsemen shoot him with an arrow, knowing it won't kill him. But when you touch him, you get sick. Yeah, pestilence, dude. Yeah. 
So I think this will be important later. And I have a theory about the end of the book. <laughs> so they now know something's coming. And they kind of, it's one of those things where they want you to know something's coming. That we're oh. badass. Yeah. So um, listeners will know these next few pages from the uh, free comic book day issue, which I was surprised. Like these are actually straight from the book, except one mega change. So we, as we discussed a few episodes ago, maybe two episodes ago, some of Saturn's, what was that? Could have been a lifetime ago. Could be a lifetime ago. Um, some of Saturnine's servants destroy. Yeah, they destroy a sun to get like a monster out of it, so they can summon these tarot cards. <laughs> no, that's no, that's not. Those are two separate events. Two separate events. They are. <laughs> the, she did, lost the Saturn. The tarot cards are their own thing. They have nothing to do with whatever demon was extracted from the sun. Oh, those separate. My bad. Those are separate. Do we see this creature in this book? Because I don't think that we do. We do not see the full. We're led to believe we don't see the full creature. We see a tentacle. Yeah. See, I was confused because they said the sacrifice is worth it. I thought they were sacrificing this sun to yes. get the tarot cards to no. work. No, no, no. They were getting something. We don't else. know what they sacrificed it for yet, man. And oh, okay. if any listeners want to translate what this guy is saying, that oh, it's great. out there, man. It's out there. No, are they speaking Krakoan? They're speaking. Um, no, that's not Krakoan. That might be Acro in the like. Okay. I don't know, but it's not Krakoan. Well, then. That's not Emma Frost. Yeah, not Emma Frost. It's not Emma Frost. <laughs> so then, afterwards, I guess not related, we have Saturnine uh, looking at the tarot cards. Uh, Jess, do you want to go over what the tarot cards say? Oof. Go for it. Do I? We did this before, but we'll do it again. Wait, Jess, do you know tarot? Um, I'm As vaguely familiar with tarot. Irish woman, I'm asking you. In general. Yeah, obvious question. I'm an expert, actually. Let Thank me you. read these cards. Uh, so we deal judgment, which they show a little picture of apocalypse and summoner. Do you want me to talk about everything they say? Yes. Oh, Wait, but you said you are an expert of tarot. So can you tell us a little bit about the judgment tarot card? Let me call Jerry. <sighs> we got a special guest. They actually describe it in this book. They do. And you know what sucks? <laughs> is I fucking was doing research while reading. And then I get to the And page. then you turn to the page and, <laughs> and they I'm explain like, it all. Son of a bitch. I didn't have to you stop eating anything. You made me Google needlessly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have the four of wands, which appears to be these four horsemen who we later find out are the children of Apocalypse. His first children, yeah. Or maybe his We don't even children. know if it's his first children. They're just his children yeah. that he had in this generation. The hanged man which shows so this page is actually different. this page it's actually different from the free comic book day page one if you guys go back to the free comic book one rock slide wasn't in it um banshee no, blob. siren yeah yeah it was blob in the background they were like one other change i don't remember but it was different but literally they said i read a thing this morning saying how that free comic book day issue was made like three months before the issue was written oh, and geez. basically just had new ideas and things were changed <laughs> 
which makes sense. That's what there. happens. Is that supposed to be Beast? Yeah, because these are everyone that's going to be on this mission that we see later. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we see the Eight of Cups, which is Genesis and the person she fought from whatever. I can't remember the, the place. The bad guy. It's the yeah. bad guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they talk about something about the Eight of Cups later. Yeah, and then the whispering on the podcast, honey. Yeah, that's good. Oh, it's one of those podcasts. Wait, we're doing that for the Patreon. Hey, everyone. <laughs> then we have the Ten of Swords. Well, our listenership is, is going after. way up. <laughs> Come Especially to my OnlyFans page for more. <laughs> Especially when I hashtag this with ASMR. <laughs> we are getting yeah. all fucking hits. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that could also be on the our next endeavor no yes x-men asmr yes. Yes, i'll do it no not that don't do that again thank god i don't have the headphones in so i've taken the mic from our listeners <laughs> that's enough of whatever the hell's going on this will be the last time i'm invited to the show no. yes <laughs> i told you uh, just brings out the best podcasting <laughs> so on the next page they explain something else about the cards. Well, before that, <laughs> something else in the cards. Thank you. Thank you for introduction with no payoff. Appreciate it. So we also have. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't do that on the podcast. Yeah. So also we have other like tarot card mutants, I guess, that pulled yeah, the same as that cards. Card. Do you know? Yeah, there's the mutant tarot. Do you remember her? Tarot. I don't. She was from like back in the day. Is this like when we couldn't remember the name of the blind mutant? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Her name is literally Taro and that's her power, but we couldn't remember fucking blindfold. Yeah. Great. So other mutants that can see the future are getting the same results basically, no matter what they do. Whoa, they whoa, whoa. They can't see the future. They can same just cards. Yes. What are you gonna say, Josh? You can't see the future. They're not like they're not premonition, premonizing, premonizing, premonizing. Yeah, <laughs> they are, um, reading tarot, which is its own art form. It's not. It's not a. So they're a, all getting the exact same cards in the exact same order over impossible. and over again. It's impossible to do. <laughs> impossible. Impossible. Oh, that's a weird mutant power to have. Like that's your mutant power. That you are like expert tarot level, like what yeah. you see actually happens. Yeah, I don't like it. So, <laughs> my review, I don't like it. So what some of them that mutant power. <laughs> <laughs> so as some mutants are waiting to see what happens if um, the summoner and his team come back from the gate, they come riding out on like a Cthulhu monster. <laughs> You really like went hard. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. It's a Cthulhu monster. monster. That's all I can think it is. It is. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. It's got the little really got wing things and everything. Multiple eyes. So I, my question from before. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm trying He's to tell trying her to, to keep me to be. Quiet. I'm trying to make her that's lower her project. voice instead of shouting on the microphone. But you won't put the mic next to her, but so she has to keep shouting. You can't hear me. It can hear you. You're shouting in my I'm ear. The one who can hear your audio levels, and I'm telling you, 
It's better with her bit closer to the mic. It's better with her shouting. <laughs> Great. Or, I would prefer her not shout, which is why I think you should put it between the two of you. It's here. Uh, so my question from before you know how much better that is? was if this was the same monster they summoned. Oh, I'd fuck it, yeah. Oh, wait, is that your question? Oh, no. <laughs> and would you fuck it? <laughs> Second question. Follow-up question. This has gone off the rails, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Jess and I are never allowed to podcast. <laughs> We're, oh, our chaotic energies. To hang out once a year. This is gonna be a heavy editing episode for Josh. <laughs> you wish, dude. This is going straight up. Jesus. Raw. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just like I like fucking my Cthulhu monsters. Anyway, guys. So, um... so a completely different summoner comes back. <laughs> a shock now face. He's like. Oh no! Oh blue. no! <laughs> so you'll never believe what happened. Basically, <laughs> that's the way I read this part, where he's like, "Guys, oh my oh, god, no. something happened to Ben." Happened on the way to the opera. <laughs> what happens? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I can't even explain it to you. You just have to come see it. <laughs> You should just 100% take my word for this and come with me through this really fucked up gate that Apocalypse didn't tell you he made. You know, the guy you've never trusted before, ever. Because no one asked the obvious question, where'd you get the Cthulhu monster from? You didn't leave with a Cthulhu monster. <laughs> you didn't we didn't send you with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a Krakoan authorized vessel. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, that came through the gate, which is another problem for later. That's not listed in the Hellfire Trading Company register. <laughs> so <laughs> the summoner has Banshee in his arms dying. They're trying to put him in a healing chamber. or Conveniently covered in something black that looks like the poison from before. Yes, that's part of my theory for later. Yeah. Um, Apocalypse, very nonchalantly, what happened? Like, I don't know, the, the picture why he looks like he's so calm about, like, what happened? What's going on, guys? Uh, and eventually he says to come with me so he can finally reveal to the council what the hell's been going on. And I really like this scene because mm -hmm. they seem more annoyed it's like when he said we have to do this guys and he's like we now it's we you've been doing all this shit without yeah, talking to us about it and yeah. now you're saying we have to fix it exactly especially when um apocalypse says like well this gate might be able to have things that aren't mutants come through it yeah um by the way a giant monster just came through take away from the story that you might not have noticed non-mutant came through there and I'm just doing some quick math here and I'm thinking that's going to be a problem. So Max, <laughs> baby, I'm telling you, we got to figure this out together, you know? Which I love everyone's reaction of like, okay, and then destroy the gate, which um, we find out Krakoa has some very strong feelings about that. that and goes through Doug. Yes. Um, I really like these moments because it's, Maybe the first time Krakoa's like, you are all guests on yeah, my island. I really appreciated that. Like, this is my home, which it's even though this, this wasn't written in there, but a part of me feels like the way the characters work, Magneto and Xavier kind of like, well, we have to take care of that one day. Yeah. 
yeah yeah there, like there was that moment of like we completely understand so we're just gonna have to like circumnavigate his entire independence and in, in, in yeah yeah there's a face <laughs> there's that thinking pose that xavier does yeah. where he's giving a speech which i really like where Krakow was like yeah, yeah yeah nice speech but like i'm just telling you follow my rules like we work together we coexist but like the moment that doesn't work for me we're gonna have some fucking issues yeah man um and also do you want to read the line <laughs> that's uh mr sinister says oh i i've yeah you read it because i've lost track of where we are exactly in the book we're still in the meeting okay. yes uh so they're discussing whether or not they're going to send a rescue team and who will go and apocalypse says i will go and sinister says perfect you walk through and then we shut the door behind you I have to say, after a mundane start, this meeting is really picking up. <laughs> Fucking sinister. <laughs> Fucking sassy sinister's back. Just back to read like all of sinister stuff. Like this, anytime <laughs> sinister has like a good line, she just like pops on to read it, and then you can go back. Yeah, to it. that works. <laughs> so during this whole debate, um, Summoner's saying what's been going on with this war. He says what happened. He says that um, they kidnapped or they took prisoner. What's his name again? Unis. Unis. And him and Banshee barely got away and Banshee was hurt. Okay. Now, you go ahead. Go. I might be getting ready to say what you're getting ready to say. Now, as I was reading this, I'm like, doesn't sound right. No. Like, no. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't sound right. No, but like one thing I appreciated rather than it just being like text, we saw it, right? You know, like Yes. Like, I appreciated that because it made it feel kind of real in that way. But Which, we're seeing kind of like what, not just what he wants to see, exactly. but we're seeing so a like, part of it. Yeah, exactly. We're seeing his version of it, obviously, as we, yeah. as we're learning alongside Rachel and, and Nathan. Yeah. Later on. Yeah. So they're all debating what's going on, but they basically say like, no, no, we can't do this. We're going to destroy the gate. And when Krakoa talks and says he's not allowing that because he wants for him, he wants to be whole. He wants to be whole again with his other half. And there's a little line, I think it was in Magneto or Xavier, that tells Apocalypse, uh, Magneto says, like, you knew he'd side with you. And he says, of course. Like, Apocalypse has planned all of this ahead. Like, he's not a traitor, but he's definitely not a team player. (laughs) He has his goals, but again... For someone like Apocalypse, who's like, you know, however millions of years old, this is his deepest regret. He says that this is his deepest regret. He wants to fix this. This means more to him than anything else. So, and I think there's even a part where he's like tearing up about it. Yes. So like, this is what he wants to take care of. Fuck everyone else, kind of. So we have a team going with them. And I liked how most of these team members explain why they're fucking going. Yeah. Because the council, nice yeah, because the council said we're not giving you anyone. Anyone who goes with you is going to be a volunteer. We do not approve of anything happening in this mission. Yeah. So we have um, a representative from Magneto. Yes, representing the House of M, because yeah. the House of M must look strong. Polaris. We have Havoc going because basically Scott can't go. <laughs> yeah. That's. It's kind of sad, especially when you read Hellions. It's kind of sad. That's the reason he's going. <laughs> he's just like resigned again to just being. <laughs> not cyclops yeah much like madeline was not gene yeah um we have beast out of curiosity basically 
I really like because at first I was curious why the hell would Angel go there? But he's saying, I'm going there to watch him. I don't trust that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's because there's a little line where he basically says, like, I know we're all supposed to be like happy and water under the bridge. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want to get that guy if yeah. he fucks with us. We have M going there, which I think was also kind of out of curiosity. Yeah, she's like, I want to get to know the place that I'm going to be in charge of one day. Like, yeah. just straight up, like, I'm going to run an other world. Yeah. Yeah, why not? And she has some nice dialogue with uh, Saturn 9 later. Right? Also. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Then we get a nice map, uh, yes. a whole giant map of uh, Outer World. Real quick, what we also, what I like about the team that kind of pays off with this whole storyline here is it's all family, right? Like it's actual family within family. Like it's, there's nothing but family drama and connection to this. Like it's a Yeah, it was a connection family. or something. The, the, magneto's family is involved you know like it's all these like family ties being brought together and like how just the little strain in those ties can lead to what apocalypse is dealing with now what the havoc is going through on his own what polaris's journey is in in x factor you know like all of these people like siren i'm sure by the end of this is going to be who the fuck am i other than my father's daughter who's dressed like her you know like yeah Anyway. So also, so question about this map because you guys say that uh, Acura is part of Outer World because it's on the map, but Earth is on the map too. Yeah, but they are opposing. So Amenth is on one side, which is where Araco is. Okay. But it seems that Araco is pouring out of the Avalon. Not the Avalon Gate, the Dryador Rift. Can I say the words that we're fucking saying right now are ridiculous? Yeah. All of this, all of this is ridiculous. I love it. I love it. So it's clear that Earth and Amenth are two different places and connected through other worlds. Yeah. Through other worlds. The numbers there are like the gate numbers in other worlds that you would you would go through to get to those. Yeah. How I read it. Okay. Cool. So we have that really detailed map, but also kind of vague. And then the leaders listed of those different lands. Yeah, which could mean something, could just be fun flavor text. I was wondering why this place is blue. What's this place on here? Mercator. Okay. Mercator. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure either. It's highlighted blue. Mercator, where they actually are, like specifically? Mm -mm. No? It's just. I hadn't seen it come up yet either. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. All right. And then it says that there's nobody in charge. Huh. Maybe that's why it's blue. It's vacant. But um, other ones are vacant. Well, actually, it says unknown. The two are unknown. One is vacant, and another one is unknown. Yeah, yeah. Does, but does, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. There's a clue there. Probably, probably is a clue there. there it is. So then we have some of the healers trying to work on the Banshee, while uh, Cable and Rachel try and read his memory to see what happened. So before we get to the memory stuff, I immediately personally think <clears throat> that this whole pestilence poison is going to go through all of Krakoa to nullify the healing factor. The the what you call it, reincarnation yeah. process because later something happens to another major character 
which wouldn't mean anything unless they can't come back. Yeah. Two characters, actually. (laughs) So now we cut back to Apocalypse's Apocalypse's mission, and they go there and they see a massive evil. I kept getting like Lord of the Rings vibes. Yeah, for real. Like Helm's Deep Battle kind of stuff. And they see this massive army. And this is when we have the conversation between uh, Angel and Apocalypse. This devil creature that's, yeah, there's a lot of things going on. I want to see more of that character. So I like that Apocalypse sees Angel and says like, oh, I'm glad you're here and you've accepted your your best self, your best form. Like he still believes he brought the best out of Angel. After torturing him and changing him, (laughs) he thinks I'm doing what's best because he says, look at Richter. Now he's great too. Look at Rogue for a little bit. Now she's great. To, I, I'm helping everyone evolve. Because no matter what Apocalypse does, that's why this whole thing about him regretting something is major. Because he's the kind of guy who doesn't regret anything. No. He thinks everything he does is the best for either his people, for, for society. Because for a long time, Apocalypse was not mutant-centric. He was evolution, survival of the fittest. He didn't yeah. seem to care if you were a mutant. No. If you were the best, that's what mattered. Yeah, I'm glad. And then just kind of transformed to a mutant. Yeah. yeah. I like him better like that. So, yeah, we see this massive army with devil-looking creatures, some Egyptian-themed creatures. And then we see the four horsemen, and he reveals those are his children. He never thought he'd ever see them again, and those are his children. I'm guessing the mother is also Genesis, right? I don't think yeah. I just said that, but yeah. So Genesis I mean, isn't there. She's not there, but well, yeah, I guess the, the mother, mother of them. Yeah, yeah, is Genesis. Hot, hot video. Imagining them, be- it's fine. Um, That's also going to be on my OnlyFans page. Apocalypse and Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Like she's going to take some of your action figures. <laughs> yeah. Cosplay. I, oh, that's that's that that, <laughs> that, that that is definitely a thing. That's what you're going to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, get that blue paint. So we're back inside Banshee's mind, Surely which, blue. as I'm reading this, going, okay, let's get the reveal. Let's get the reveal. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're going to see. They see Summoner going towards the army, but not being attacked, of course. We cut back to Apocalypse talking to his children, very happy. And they're kind of saying, you don't understand the hell that we've been through. Mm-hmm. That's why we're the way we are. We didn't do this for like pride for family. We did this because we like destruction. We like death. And we've been through hell. And then we have one of them, the more anubis looking one i guess oh no it's the mother of it's the flaming head one sorry yeah the mother of the summoner yes uh stab apocalypse in the chest as summoner stabs fittingly stabs apocalypse in the back and then we cut to the real memories uh the real events of what happened with banshee and seeing him smile at his mother at uh summoner yeah creepy smile at his mother, Summoner, and then Banshee trying to run away and then stopping uh, Banshee. But then Saturnine is also in the memories. Yes, she's because not Sa- in the memories. She's no. projecting herself yeah. into into the memories to talk to Rachel. Um, Rachel and Kate. And, and- yeah. Um, uh, speak up a little bit, Josh. Yeah, and- Rachel. Actually. Yeah, to speak to Rachel and Cable. Um, and. For me, as a new reader of this character, I'm like, well, she's fucking powerful then. If she's getting in the mind of two powerful psychics, yeah, 
through dimensions through a dream. Like, <laughs> yeah, because she's in charge of all those dimensions. Yeah, she's oversees them. She can do whatever she wants. As she's doing that, the way she talks about the war outside is very like they're all pawns. I know how this ends. Don't worry about it. Kind of mm. to her people. Everybody's doing what they should be doing. Yeah, playing their role, kind of. So let me cut back to the team fighting off this army. They're kind of confused, shocked that Summoner betrayed them, which, why? Uh, then we have Rockslide going towards Summoner, kind of like, kind of thinking like, hey, you know, I thought we were friends kind of thing. We played a game once. And as we mentioned, the game wasn't over because now Summoner knows exactly his weakness and slices Rockslide in half. So as of right now, Rockslide is dead. Yes. We do not know if he will come back based off our theory that they're all being poisoned. They are trying to carry... What was that? That's good. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, they are trying to carry Apocalypse back to the gate to get him to safety because he's not actually dead yet, I guess. That's a thing. Who knows? Yeah, he was just stabbed a couple of times. He's Apocalypse. He's a big guy. He's got a lot of... Nothing but a flesh wound. Yeah. Oh, also, there is a line where um, Summoner says that he's also a Summoner of Lies. Yes. So I got lo- I got lots of low-key vibes from this. Yeah, I also took away maybe that's how he was able to, like, fool the council that has, like, Jean Grey and, and Professor X on it. Like, yeah, true. His power is summoning, and maybe he was, like, literally able to just, that is what happened. Like, if he can think it, and that's what anyone could see you know yeah um we also had a moment i think we skipped over by accident um rachel and cable saturnine showed them what they need we didn't see what it is but they were showing what they need and then cable showed it to um gene and scott again more family ties more running to mom and dad yeah then the strong family connections there so we don't know what they're doing exactly but they go to this kind of like black orb which for a second I kept thinking, is it something to do with the time children thing? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. The children. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, nothing to do with them. That's good, I guess. I just love how Scott is just always like, just like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> like, oh, okay, hey, we got to go in here. I've been meaning to get a gate closer to this. Sorry, everybody. Like, just the way, like, he's like, yeah, 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 I know where we're going. So we cut back to the battle in Other World. And they're kind of pissed off because Saturnine just kind of watching. And um, M and everyone else are kind of like, hey, get in the fight. Like, you're in danger too. So come on. And she kind of psychically pushes them away. So Polaris is like, I'll just pull this bitch down. <laughs> like, she's going to come to the fight <laughs> whether she likes it or not. <laughs> yep. like, so they do pull her place down. We cut back to Scott and his family at this orb. Again, we don't know what it is. They just know they need an energy source to turn it on. Uh, cutting back to the fight in Otherworld, Saturnine literally snaps her fingers and freezes everyone and everything. And again, I'm like, who the fuck is this chick? <laughs> Which I love that they're using kind of an obscure character that does have, is still very much tied though to Excalibur, you know, like, so like, it's very much grounded in what, a lot of X-Men fans, but especially a lot of Excalibur fans kind of already know, but like bringing her into like more of a mainstream X-Men book and more mainstream like badass powers, I think is really, I think it's really pretty fucking awesome, man. It's definitely something. So 
then you don't know this jess but uh cable has had a sword uh ancient alien sword that's where he got this random sword from <laughs> so they need an energy source so if he pulls out a sword that they, they can use to turn on this system um after that to show off her power more the pharaoh looking of the four horsemen um says we'll kill you we'll ruin you blah blah, blah and he she just shrinks him into a tiny dog she's a min, she's a min pin. Yeah, yeah a chibi dog and is literally talking down to him and kneeling over to get his attention and then he says certain words like you know we'll conquer everything blah blah um we will meet you in any arena you choose and then she looks over to one of her priests and she's like i heard him that's what it is it's done that's what we're gonna do so it sounds like saturnine is proposing a tournament a battle ground oh, tournament almost Under. like a duel of the champions exactly <laughs> yeah almost great like... word yeah, yeah yeah it's good yeah it's good where'd you get that they from should call it that yeah <laughs> so basically this other army is saying like we'll do anything to get to krakoa and take it over that's their mission it seems like they don't care too much about other world no they just want to destroy it on their way there like they have to like they're they're not just going to walk through they're going to destroy it and then yeah it's like eh, it's what we do it's a thing so yeah, we're, let's do it. we're not cutting deals we're going to murder you yeah you're just not going to she stay. says let's have this big battle instead with your best versus their best to decide the fate and of course since they're there they kind of went like yeah havoc polaris and m are going to be on this team they kind of have to now and uh, we get a lot of vague tellings about all the different swords they need. Yes. Some of these swords I know, like we know the Twilight Blade. We know the Soul Sword. But a lot of them, like the Black Bone, I don't know what that is. The it's Red Sword of War. What's the Pogger Pog? Right? <laughs> yeah. So probably 10 swords they need, huh? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So then this battle will happen, I guess, in this. That's why I'm wondering how this is crossing over in every book because everyone's not involved. Yet. Yet, that's true. Yet. Exactly. So this is like. Find all these swords. For people who have been reading different comic book events, usually the comic events, they have tie ins, but like there's main issues. Like this is its own Exoswords book. There would be like Exoswords one, two, three, four, five, six, usually. Instead, this is just crossing over, which is more a tradition for X-Men books, I guess. Yes, baby. Yeah. That we do in the X-Men verse. You just cross over every single fucking book. Yeah. If anyone buys like Fall of the Mutants or Inferno and stuff like that, those are just every X-Men book tied into one thing. Everything stops while we take care of it. That's because X-Men is a family and everything comes to a fucking halt until we saw whatever the fuck this gate problem is. And then y'all can get back to whatever shenanigans you were doing. Basically, yeah. So we cut back to uh, Cable uh, using the sword to turn on this mystery machine. And the final page of all of this is they're oh, they're turning on the base of S.W.O.R.D. If you guys don't know what S.W.O.R.D. is, it's basically S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a S.H.I.E.L.D. division in space. Yes. And based off the flavor text, um, we don't know what happened to the crew. We don't know why it shut down. We don't know what the fuck happened to S.W.O.R.D. And uh, also, Beast was, he wasn't in charge, but he was one of the leading members of S.W.O.R.D. for a while with the green-haired girl whose name I can't remember. Polaris? 
No, no, no. The other one. She's the other one. No, she was. Um, she started out in in Whedon's run when Sword first started in X Men, in Astonishing X Men. I can't remember her name. Oh shit, I don't remember. She wears that. glasses, green hair, green eyebrows, and she's okay. she's not a mutant. I'm pretty sure she's not a mutant. She's oh, just a. Then I don't. Then I don't. You say She Hulk. <laughs> you say She Hulk. You think I would describe She Hulk as the girl with the girl green with hair, hair and green eyebrows and glasses? Yeah, that's what she looks like. I wouldn't just say green skin no. and muscles. You wouldn't start there. Where, Jess, where would he start? Obviously with the green hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I was tuning you guys out because I was going to have to listen to it again anyway. So it's just... That's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> so guys, that is the first issue of X of Swords. Wow. Josh, uh, what's up, man? <laughs> shit, dude. Your excitement from when you this was announced to reading this first issue. Oh, it's when it was announced. My excitement was so far down. My excitement was, I don't want to do this. That's a lot. <laughs> what swords? I don't want fucking swords in this shit. And now I'm like, I need all the swords. I need all this fay fairy bullshit. I'm what's here. Your for name, honey. Wait, what's the person's name? Abigail Brand. Boom. Abigail Brand. That's the person I was talking about. They used to date. She does have. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she used to date Beast for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. I forgot she had green hair. Most people haven't. He's blue with fur and he's kind of of an asshole. Kind of. He's a major asshole. Yeah. Um, For a dog, man. So, um, or cat, man. Anyway, so my excitement level is super high right now. I'm so excited for this story and all the weird places it can, it's going to go now because, like, so much has already happened. So, like, there's still 21 chapters left. Like, yeah. So, what? just so you guys know, for example, uh, X Factor number four is technically chapter two. Then, like, Wolverine six is chapter three. And I feel like a lot of these are going to be like the last two pages of the issue are going to be a tie in, and then it's going to really tie in a little bit later. And then I start building it more and more. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think it's going to be like immediate X Factor number four is going to be all important about the event. I don't think that's how it's going to work. No, because it's not what's happening in their story right now. Like, yeah, they're still in the Mojo world. Last time I read it, they'll probably like cut through the other world or something. And be like, exactly, and just burst it. Because Rachel is already back. Yeah, she's yeah. That's weird, right? right? We'll find out in a couple days. Well, yeah. Next episode, we're going to be covering X Factor uh, three and four, I guess. Yeah, let's try. Yeah, we'll try to get these out when there's like ever, ever couple issues. Yeah, uh, and also based off from one of you guys said on Twitter, we will be doing uh, at least issue one of Juggernaut. See how it is. I didn't read and it. Yet. I've I'm, heard good things though. I'm excited, man. I like Juggernaut. He's cool. Yeah, why not? Even though he's not a fucking mutant. Yeah, but so, his boyfriend, Black Tom Cassidy, is on the island. Let him go live with his boyfriend. Yes, that is true. That is true. Um, so obviously, I'm giving this five X's. Oh yeah, I gave it six X's. I made another X just to you did, a, you did a Dave Meltzer and went to six stars. Technically, the X is a ten, so I'm giving it ten. Damn! Jesus! Oh shit! That was the spoiler the whole time. That was what was this was all building. This whole box oh, building up to that. Oh god! We're never gonna raid anything ever again. 
Anyway, thank you, Jess, for coming. Woman, on. I choose to spend the rest of my life with everyone. That was good, though. That was a good one. It was. Yeah. It was one. It was good. I, I mean, Very I think. Our, I think our, she loved the book. You know, like so she wanted to give it ten X's. Yeah, I was there. I heard. But I'm <laughs> feeling like maybe you you feel like it's coming from a hurtful. Nick place. likes to pretend that he doesn't like my puns. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. He does. <laughs> For yeah. the listeners. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> pretend. So. Um, <laughs> Guys, did He's you so love good at pretending? <laughs> Guys, did you love how off the fucking rails this episode is? <laughs> I did. I did. Did you? <laughs> She's not drunk, everyone. Um, did you guys hate how off the rails this episode is? Too fucking I did. bad. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> Josh, don't answer for me. Um, if you... <laughs> answer for me. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Josh, where can they find you? Please tell us where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Xbrarian. It's librarian with an X. Get it, Jess? I get it. Oh. Xbrarian. <laughs> Jess, you. so they can just parade so you with all. Me. So, they can, <laughs> so they can say whatever they want to you about their image of you based off this one episode. Where can they find you on Twitter? At Puka Cat. Okay. How do you spell that? Because that's not a normal thing people say. <laughs> it's been a while since we did that bit. <laughs> so just at Puka Cat, spell Puka Cat. P U K. P U K K. A K A T. That's on Twitter. I feel like there's, I feel like there's too many K's in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you. Someone else gets it. The truth about Jess. Fucked up, man. This is a long. It in 1996. Oh, so it was okay back then <laughs> to be a Klansman. No, when the Klan was cool. <laughs> They're not all together. No, not all the clans are together. The separate chapters. Case, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you would do, so it wouldn't get flagged right away. You only separated them by a lowercase a that sits so fucking low. It's barely <laughs> noticeable when your eyes just skirt across it and you're like, oh, here's a fellow traveler on my racist road. <laughs> Maybe I'll put yes. her on the Twitter. Worst. Yep. Welcome to the show. And guys, you can find me at Madman3005. Thank you guys for listening to whatever the fuck this was. This was the first in the long journey of the X of Swords for the next like three months, I think. Probably something like that. You so know, I want to place. I want to play some bets. Actually, I want to place a bet before we go. Oh, Do God. you think this event will end the reincarnation process, like fully? Because I think this is how they get out of it. Yeah, but I don't know. Will they bring that back? Will that be the thing they start bringing back? Yeah, good, but you know I, mean? I, but I yeah, think this I is think, their out for it. We're not like I think it will end it for at least a year. Because if they poison at least one of the five, yeah, actually kill them, that's it. If you kill any of the five, that's it. You're fucked. Or if they poison Krakoa itself and like it can't grow the people. Yeah, that too. So there's there's a lot. Of, I I think it's gonna be a big plot point soon, if not fully. Angie's already in the healing gardens with poison on him like mm-hmm. exactly yeah it's like it could already be happening we don't know man. it could yep. already be too late 
All right, guys. Well, right. until Josh, say bye. Bye. Just say bye. Bye. And guys, we will see you next time. How come you're allowed to do the ASMR and she's not? Because it's too sexy. When see, I- yeah, see you next time. Get it? Next time. Bye. <laughs>